0: What's up, everybody? I go by the name of Domo.
1: And I go by the name
0: of Yoshiko. We sit with entrepreneurs and artists across disciplines to share their stories, insight, and gems. Their journey will inspire you to think about community and your own narrative, how it shapes who you are, and what your legacy will be. You're listening to
2: No Blueprint. No Blueprint. No Blueprint. No
0: Blueprint. You are listening
1: to No Blueprint.
2: My name is uh, Mark Matsui, a.k.a. DJ Mark Sense. I'm a DJ, obviously, a business owner, and uh, a native Seattleite.
0: Nice. Born and raised.
2: Yeah. Born and raised. Well, technically, I, I grew up in Bellevue. Okay. Until middle school, and then moved over to Seattle, which okay. was probably the the best thing, a huge transition point in my life because mm-hmm. the culture in Bellevue is different, homogenous. That's a say good, the least that's, what I'm saying, that's a good word for it <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: what uh, What part does he have?
2: in uh, Madison Park okay and then went to Garfield for high school
0: okay so, Bulldogs yeah
1: he could have if you had an autobiography either book documentary film what would the title be?
2: I was kind of thinking about that in the car and I think uh, I don't know reasonable doubt kind of okay. came up I think that I don't know You know people talk about like all the all the haters and stuff like that like i don't really feel like i have haters but i think that when people kind of doubt you or challenge you then that's when you kind of rise to the occasion and put in good work and overcome obstacles
0: any any jay-z reference at all
2: oh i mean man i I would say kind of can't knock the hustle a little bit
1: would that be the opening song?
2: Mm. Sure. <laughs> the, the only reason I say that, I'm pretty laid back. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the limelight or the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I like to deflect that to others who are talented and, you know, have skills. And I feel like that that's kind of been one of the, the common themes throughout all the endeavors that I've done is trying to to shine the light on other people and and showcase their talents and abilities.
1: (laughs) Right. So one of the things we used to do, you manage artists. Yeah. How did you get into that?
2: Well, when I went to UW, I helped co-found the student hip-hop organization at Washington with Sam Chesno, uh, my guy Jupiter, a whole bunch of other cats. And that's where I met Gio and uh, Alexei. And I roomed with Gio. We had a little apartment on 42nd in Brooklyn, our senior year of college. And, you know, that was back in the days of AOL Instant Messenger. And, oh, man. Dial-up. You know, <laughs> just chopping up with people. And Alexei would, like, send me beats. And I would kind of pass them along to Gio. And those guys, you know, cultivated their chemistry and, you know, formed a group. And, you know, I don't, I don't rap. <laughs> I don't make beats. So, <laughs> <laughs> kind of my position was, like, the organization managerial slang and cds nice media that type of stuff so you just kind of i just kind of fell into it you know yes yeah. it was a passion of mine and you know whenever you find stuff like that you just gotta go knee deep and jump in jump in the deep end and, and take a swim and yeah. figure out if you like it and you know we we're fortunate enough to to push it to a pretty high level that Really wasn't necessarily there. I mean, there was definitely people who, you know, paved the way for us. But you know, I feel like we were were able to kind of break through some some barriers that had never really been done for like on a local level.
0: Absolutely. And what was, speak about like just the climate of being at UW. This was late '90s.
2: Yeah, le- late '90s, early 2000s.
0: So being at UW, late '90s. What was the scene as far as hip hop was concerned, and, and what was the motivation behind starting its show? Right.
2: Yeah, I went to a concert up at Western yeah. that had like, you know, Far Side, Souls of Mischief, Black Anger, Silent Lambs Project, like just a whole slew.
0: Chilling in of, of, of
2: national and yeah. local acts. So I'm like, why is this not happening in UW? Like. <laughs> can't tell me that bellingham right. is fresher than <laughs> seattle like that's real you know even though western you know definitely had their own little scene which is is dope yeah but i just felt that uh, you know the students not only on campus but just the overall kind of community deserved that especially since that was the time where all ages was a lot more inaccessible so mm-hmm. you know you're 19 years old you can't go to that root show at the show box with Goody Mob and you're pissed off. Right. You know, so you're like, <laughs> man, how, how can I like make this happen for yeah. myself and my peers who were into the culture and into the music? And I just got frustrated and used my outlet through the, the daily to write a little editorial and yeah. get some other hip hop nerds like me yeah. on the same page. And I think that another key part of that was the fact that that was the era when things started to shift towards independent labels like people were doing their own things it wasn't just like you know the major labels mm-hmm. and i think that that definitely inspired my generation to you know not only create music but but organize
0: absolutely speak about the writing aspect of it cuz i don't, don't want to skip over that either like were you always writing how did how did you get to just Wanting to write articles and editorials in the day. Yeah,
2: I basically started off at at Garfield doing that, like, I think it was 10th grade, English class, just writing album reviews, you know, (laughs) basically being a mimic of the source. (laughs) You know, wrote for The Messenger, and I think that, you know, I always just like picking up the paper in the morning, and to be able to tell a story through my voice and my perspective was something that you know really appealed to me and why I continued journalism pretty much until about 2004 I think is when uh, when I stopped like writing so
0: that's crazy so you're writing for the daily you started show you put together the legendary group blue scholars and then you're managing blue scholars like how did you juggle that while like taking classes obviously and graduating and trying to graduate how did you balance that and try to figure out like what would you, what was your passion or, or was it just like all cylinders go we'll figure it out when we get there oh
2: yeah it's definitely all cylinders yeah. go cause I originally you know wanted to be a financial planner like you know <laughs> how how boring and like dry is that
1: I was gonna ask cause uh, the article one of the articles you sent said you majored in business
2: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I was like oh I see it, but also you speaking about, you like journalism. Oh, how come you didn't want to do communication? and Yeah. Journalism?
2: No, I think yeah. uh, I felt like I could get that outlet through, you know, working at the Seattle Times, through writing at the Daily. Like, I didn't really, that wasn't the end goal for me. Mm. I think I always gravitated more towards business because it's, it's kind of flexible and Maybe a little more valuable than than a comms degree, so I just kind of stuck with that course. And their, the entrepreneurship program had just started up there, so uh. that was appealing to me. Like, although probably one of my the things that I didn't utilize was you know getting some type of concentration because you know like if you get an entrepreneurship certificate, like it's not really gonna do too much for you it's going to show people that yeah you've got ambition and drive but I think that it's important to have like you know a tangible skill whether it be marketing or accounting that you can apply to entrepreneurship and and have just another skill in your toolbox to use
0: yeah Yeah. you had to have a hell of a portfolio though after
2: (laughs) (laughs) I did but you know I think it it kind of displayed like almost more of like a jack of all trades master (laughs) of none (laughs) but I, I think that you know, it's important to, to have a lot of different. That's skills, the journey. I think. That's the and journey for
0: sure.
2: You figure it out. You yeah, know, like try shit, and you know, some things don't fall into place. Other things you might excel in. And,
0: and then, what did your what did your parents do? And how many generations has your family been in Seattle or the Pacific Northwest?
2: So, my parents were both clothing designers. They they've been here so basically. My dad and his family they moved up to Seattle, I believe when he was in like middle school or, okay. or high school. And then my mom moved here for high school as well. She was kind of all over the country, so
0: Oh. How'd they meet?
2: They met at a restaurant. What randomly.
0: And then they're both as clothing designers? That's I cool. mean
2: my dad was doing that and then I'm sure, you know, he, he kinda help my mom in terms of the opportunity in the avenue yeah. to do that because she was uh working at the restaurant like they didn't just like meet at the okay. bar
0: like yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: so she was working yeah. do you know what restaurant i think it was called the butcher okay like i don't i don't think i've ever been to it it's probably like, <laughs> mad okay. old
0: okay so <laughs> One of my listeners will find it and, and probably have like footage uh, or something. That,
2: that, that's in Vanished Bellevue somewhere. Okay. Uh, right, vanished, right. Like old yeah. Bellevue? Yeah, next to the uh, the bowling alley. And okay. I'm downtown where kind of where Lincoln
0: Square is. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. That's dope. And then what you got?
1: Um, did you have entrepreneurs in your life or your parents?
2: Oh were, yeah, I mean okay. my dad was, was the, the entrepreneur. The you know, he developed Code Blue uh, Christopher Blue So you sense a lot of blue theme with all the denim yeah. So he he definitely led by example And I think that you know A lot of things are genetic And it's, it's kind of in your blood in a good way And you know I wish I would have actually Like kind of picked up more From him because Like I said you know I was kind of A jack of all trades like I didn't Really know what I was wanted to do and he did his thing
0: Yeah.
1: You don't manage any artists now do you?
2: Nope. I mean, you know, I, I've got my my DJ roster for integral DJs, but I don't manage them in the sense that you know we're like we have like a crazy plan for people's careers. It's more me facilitating and getting gigs
0: for my guys. And were you always DJ?
2: Yes.
0: Okay. That Talking was not bad. That.
2: that was you know literally just kind of an afterthought. Like that's just me like. Being that dude in high school who's like trying to monopolize the CD changer, <laughs> and then getting to college and having Universal send you free records because you're writing for the Daily,
0: Nice.
2: and I'm like, okay, I so got I've all got the I, new. I, I, I've got this Trey Instrumentals 2001, Man. and my brother's DJing, so I'm gonna have to. I can't let him like, you know, one up me, so. Yeah. That kind of, you know, just just lit a fire for, for me to nice. to start spinning and record collecting and record digging is, is something that was very much a part of that and, you know, you're, you're collecting these artifacts and building a collection, uh, which is just super fun. I mean, I still will go to New York pretty much just to go record shopping.
0: Nice. That's so
1: you So you've been at it for a while, DJing?
2: Since 2001. Okay. I was pretty bad to start off with, for sure. <laughs> but that's when what happens when you don't really have like a mentor or a teacher yeah. or someone to be like, yo, your shit's whack. <laughs> no crates to carry? <laughs> no, I carried all my own crates, that's for sure. Okay, nice. But I think that uh, when I lived in, in Beacon Hill with, with Soul One, like he was the dude who was like, nah, man, you need to." Do this better,
0: <laughs> but that mentorship, right, is, yeah. is 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 priceless. Like someone oh, to say, sure. like, yo, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> so what are you doing? And that's
2: the one thing about Seattle is people won't really like check you in a constructive way. They'll passive aggressively like kind of let you ride out your whackness and then talk shit about you.
0: <laughs> you just summed up Seattle. <laughs> in one sentence it's podcast over no. kind of
1: going, going back, back to when you produced and organized shows is that that's something that still interests you today you're like no no, no. not at
2: all <laughs> the reason why I am not a promoter
0: oh uh, okay you said that so quick it's,
2: it's so, so much work, work. it is mm. it is so much work and there's there's nothing that that's like really like kind of coming out now that doesn't already have like an outlet like People don't really need my help for promoting stuff, and there's you know there's a lot of amazing mumble rap that you know, I, I, I just don't happen to have an affinity for. But no, I, I think that you know I'll do. We do the staycation at Havana on the three day weekends, which is cool. But kind of the last round of like promotion was like Large Professor Camp Low. Okay. Diamond D you know J Dilla listening party slash like theme so Next. the generation that latches onto that the most is not really um, going ball. out mm. yeah. they're 38, 42 married, married with children Kids, which is fine sorry. but you know I There's, there's not, there's not a a a void void that 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 I would would be filling filling by promoting right now.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's that's real. (laughs) That's real. I see your your point. point. Yeah. Yeah. Top five DJs. Top five DJs. For what, like all time or? Mm. Specific. Dead, dead Dead or alive, all time.
2: So. Battle Cat DJ at my wedding.
0: Oh, man.
2: Producer of Week Freak Freaky. Wow. And numerous West Coast classics. That's dope. He was filthy. <laughs>
0: That's amazing.
2: I wouldn't say I necessarily have a top five, but these are just kind of five that come off as like
1: no super memorable.
2: Cool DJ Red Alert from yep. New York City. Yep. Scene. Okay. Let's see who else. This Random, he's not really random, but he DJed for the arsonist. This, this uh, cat has been one, okay. New, like, New Mark's up there, too. So, some of the stuff that he does as
0: well. Like, oh, yeah, me, <laughs> <laughs> and no, me!
2: no def- <laughs> definitely, definitely not. No, nah. my, my skills are nowhere near <laughs> touching a candle to these dudes, but I think that the most important quality that those DJs have is just song selection and have like Mm -hmm. a similar kind of taste as myself or like will push boundaries of what what I know like I think that if a DJ is not pushing boundaries musically or really inflecting their style Mm -hmm. that they're not doing their job or being you know authentic right cause I've heard some really amazing DJs who are like super dope have you know big names like just play standard shit and it's just a real letdown when you have someone that has that that much skill and you know that big of a name mm-hmm. and a following because of what they might have done previously like just do what any anybody else could do on a given night of playing the same stuff
0: right and then what would you tell kids looking into getting into DJing in like 2018
2: (laughs) just man dig find find your lane in terms of what you like musically and just dig deep into that and you know know the history know the roots of, of you know maybe certain music that that they like that you know, have samples in and, you know, develop your skills.
0: Absolutely.
2: So, yeah, skills and, and music knowledge and, you know, go out to clubs or concerts and absorb the energy and see what's working for other DJs and, and, and pick up, you know, little things here and there. You don't got to be a biter or anything like that, but, you know, even <laughs> within like music and that artists, is so like, real. you know, they always. If you're not borrowing bits and pieces of, of what's already b- been done that's amazing and put your own twist on it then
0: everything's been sampled yeah
2: yeah you know, you're kind of missing out I'm not say that you have to like sample or anything but you can learn a lot from the people that came before you
1: mm. so it's kind of similar to my question mm. with everything that you've done what advice would you give so besides djing you've done a lot <laughs> sorry what haven't you done <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give to those young adults, high school students, college or even age. college-age, old adults? Where's
2: Literally, just find, find what you love and don't take no for an answer. Like, right. just mm. continue to knock on the door. If nobody's gonna open it for you, then you just gotta kick it down, like, straight yeah. up. Because I think one of the, the best examples of that for me was writing for the seattle times i had a story and i was like i I literally i called up the newsroom like hey i've got this story you don't have it and they're like oh can you give it to us i'm like no i'm gonna write it (laughs) and i just like beasted them into writing a story and getting published like without like working for them or whatever (laughs) and then all of a sudden i'm in the newsroom you know 15 hours a week in college like Nice. And it, it paid pretty well and then you know I'm doing high school stories and
0: yeah.
2: just don't take no for an answer be persistent and and nothing's ever gonna come easy but if you love what you're doing like it shouldn't feel like it shouldn't be discouraging when you don't get what you want right away that's right because if you're not you know opening up it, such and such club right away, you should you should still be DJing at home because you love it.
0: Right. Mm. Absolutely. Work so. for it.
1: Or friends parties or something. Yeah. No,
2: for sure. I mean the UW house parties is like that's like kind of at the core of like my development and identities as a DJ is the ability to haul a floor of your peers who mm. you know, identify with music that you're playing.
0: Right. Honing in on those skills. Yeah. That's right. Cool. Last question. Give me your top three go-to's when it seems like man, I can't. Folks are leaving the floor. The wedding's like, folks are getting tired. What are your top three go-to songs to get the party popping again?
2: I don't really like those songs, so I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the answer a little bit. <laughs> okay, I, I think. My 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 top three songs to like kinda of sneak in there yeah. on the crowd is like you know, like an Earth Wind and Fire Brazilian rhyme. Okay. Or Michael Jackson Rock with you. Yeah. Or like a a Stevie Wonder Do I do like hey. that 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 type of stuff that when you set it up right, like people will just it will build the vibe further kind of putting them in a position of, like, oh, man, like, I didn't know that I like that song as much as, you know, as, as good as it's sounding right now, yeah. so.
0: Okay, all right. Because
2: when you have songs that you use to try and get the dance floor back, usually it's kind of more along, like, the cliche, like, Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody, which is, like... Yeah. It's cool, but... All right. <laughs> It's not, it's not earth 25 every, every dj could do that yeah. that's real and sometimes like i feel like that sometimes that stuff is like almost like kind of lazy slash cheat code uh, <laughs> and it's always funny when i get like a request like hey you should you should really play september like like i don't know the song or like it's like, no, everybody's, everybody's kicking, everybody's having a good time. Like, right. we don't have to play that right. every wedding just because that's what you heard at your last three weddings. <laughs> not saying it's not a good song, but...
1: So when you DJ, I know for weddings it's a little different because sometimes your clients have, the mm-hmm. couple has, we you know, we want this theme, we want these songs. Yeah. But do you try to throw in, or maybe like corporate gigs, do you try to throw in stuff you're like, this may not work, but I really like it. I'm just going to throw it right Oh, there. of course. Okay.
2: No, kidding. I mean, you, you have to They're do They're not going to
1: know these people by just throwing it.
2: No, definitely, because like I said, a DJ's job is always to to challenge the crowd in some way and, you know, have a little bit of their, their personality and their and their tastes while honoring what they want and, and you know, kind of stay within certain parameters. So I think for me, it's it's fun to take those risks and, and slip in those songs that will fit along with what they want. And sometimes there's, you know, couples that will, or clients that have music tastes that are kinda polar opposite, and it may not be like a genre that I love, but I'll pick up bits and pieces of like quality stuff that I'll use in, you know, future gigs, and I appreciate their their passion for music, even if, if it's different from mine because it's, it's challenging me and it's, mm. it's broadening my horizons. I think that, you know, just even a, a general human being, like if you're not, if your ear isn't always being tested or, or developed by, by new things, then, you know, you're, you're missing out on a lot of stuff. And uh, There's so much amazing music from a different range of genres and it's fun to get put on the new stuff.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you guys this for having now, me. Thank so, you. This is cool. I'm, I'm now more informed. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I used to want to DJ, but now it's it seems a bit hard.
2: <coughs> well... Same. You, you're, 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 but
0: the thing is... Stick to playlists.
2: Like I said, uh, a DJ in 2018, the accessibility is, right. is there, and you're seeing... A lot of DJs who are maybe underdeveloped in terms of skill, yeah. but they have song selection that, that fits what their peers want to hear, that's true. have success. And that's true. you don't have to be doing crazy turntableless routines and, and <laughs> scratching so to be a dope DJ.
0: Right, that's true.
2: I'm not, you know, scratch master. I, I leave that to, to Vega. Like, yeah. He's, like, super sick with it, but... For me, I really pride myself on song selection, Mm. music knowledge and being able to to build those vibes and slip in risky stuff and stuff that I like and and have it work and have it take the party to another level.
0: Yeah, well cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Of course, thanks y'all for for having me. Yeah, thank you for for taking time. If you liked what you heard, be sure to donate so we can keep going. We are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube, so be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. You have no idea how much it helps. We also want to know what you think. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can even use the hashtag NoBlueprint. And if you're really down with the movement, you can join our Patreon account and become a patron, where you'll get exclusive content and limited edition merchandise. No Blueprint is powered by Ambassador Stories. We share stories of the people, places, and spaces that bring soul to our communities. No Blueprint is recorded at Ambassador Stories Studios and co-produced with me, Maya Aina. Hear more episodes of No Blueprint and get official No Blueprint merchandise at NoBlueprintPodcast.com.